0: Okay, let's get started with Parsha Shmini. Tovshin Ayin Zion. Baruch Hashem, we have a Shir on Shmini this year. We don't always get to have a Shir on Parsha Shmini, depending on uh, what day of the week Pesach ended. But uh, Baruch Hashem, we have one this year. And we start off right at the beginning of the Parsha uh, with a thought we actually mentioned uh, in Shabbat Hagadol. But here we go. On the eighth day. On what eighth day? We can't read Parsha Shmini without reading the end of Parsha Sav. We usually have a big break in between, but up until that point, the end of Sav, Moshe Rabbeinu was getting ready for the Chanukah of the Mishkan, the final uh, finishing touches. So on the eighth day, Rosh Chodesh Nisan, Moshe calls to Aaron, ulevanov, ulezikne Yisrael. Yomar Laron, he says to Aaron, this is the special avoda that's supposed to be done on that first day of the avoda of the Mishkan. Vayomer Laron, kach egel ben bakar Lachatos. Va'ayil ola olah tvimim, a chatas and an olah, an egel a cow for a chattas, and an ayil a ram for an olah tvimim va'hakreve lefnei Hashem and be makravid in front of Hashem. Ve'al bnei Yisrael to daber leimar and tal bnei Yisrael kuchusi rizim l'chatas. They also have to bring a chatas, the egel v'cheves be Yisrael tvimim ola You, Aaron, has to bring an egel for the chatas and an ayil for the. <laughs> ola, and B'nai Yisrael also have to bring a chatas and an Ola. Why? What, what Chathos? T- this is the first day. The first day they're bringing a chatas. Khatas is for, for having done something wrong. Well, what they do wrong? This is the first day they're bringing any Karbanos. So Rashi quotes. What does Egel remind us of? What does Egel conjure up in our minds? Beginning of the parsha: K'ach <laughs> Egel lo al yidei Egel ze. Almaisa ha Egel Shasa. Bring an Egel to be Mechaper for Cheta Egel. Egel, Israel Yisrael almost forfeited their chance, and especially, remember, according to Rashi, who says that the Torah is not written in chronological order regarding true men to Kissa, Kisisa. Rashi says that the Mishkan was the antidote, the tikkun for Cheta Egel. So this is it. The first day that the Mishkan is set up, we bring in Egel to be Mechaper for the Chayte Egel that we, that we, uh, violated. That's Rashi in the name of Chazal. Ask the Maharal, ask the Mizrahi before him. Simple question. Many are familiar with the Gemara in Mesechas Rosh Hashanah. Ask the Maharal in source number one in the Gur Aryeh. Yesh Makshim, V'halo Ein Kategar, nase Sanegar. The prosecutor cannot become the defense attorney. You can't use something that will remind the judge of something negative. <speaking in Hebrew> we remember the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah. You could use a chauffeur of any kosher animal, but not a chauffeur of a bull. Why? <speaking in Hebrew> a bull, a cow, that's going to remind the Shem of the Chet, Egel, you're doing the Mitzvah of a chauffeur. Now, right? The prosecutor can't be the, uh, the defense attorney. So ask the, ask the Mizrahi, one of the earliest commentaries on Rashi. Ask the Gerar, after him. Right? So what's going on here? How are we able to bring an egel? Doesn't that remind Hashem? So the Mizrahi, I did not give you, gives his own answer. The Mizrahi answers that maybe it's limited in the Kodesh Kadoshim, as the Gemara there says in Rosh Hashanah and Chavav. In the Kodesh Kodashim, there's a higher standard, right? You can't have the have the kapara uh, element reminding Hashem, you know that there's higher standards there. But the Maharal gives another suggestion. Says the Maharal on the fourth line, Vein there is no problem here, there is no question. The low nasa sanegar nasa sanegar. The prosecutor can't be the defense attorney only in the following case, The Kohen trying to do, as we know where else does this come up, when the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kodesh Kadashim, once a year, at least one day a year, he only wears the big day love on. he does not wear the special gold, golden clothes, he doesn't wear the tzitz, the golden uh, headpiece, he doesn't wear the khoshen, he doesn't wear the ephod. the extra four begadim that the Kohen Gadol has, he does not wear when he goes into the Kodesh Kadashim, he only wears the big day Zav, Why? Because it's gold. Gold, Egel, hazav. Can't remind Hashem. So that's an example where we say it. Why? Because there's no connection between the Chet that you're reminding Hashem of and the Mitzvah that you're trying to perform. What does the avodas Yom kipurim have to do with Chet egel? Vim That's going to be a problem. The Yekatreik is going to prosecute. the It's a problem where the Mitzvah and the Avera have nothing to do with each other. So you're doing a Mitzvah, you're going to be reminded of the Avera. Aval says the But if the Mitzvah that you are trying to do is not really a Mitzvah? It's Tshuva. On the avera, that was done. That's why you're using the item that you did the avera with in order to get close to Hashem directly. So that's not only not problematic; that's amazing. That's what you should do, says the Maharal. Yosertov im Yoshe b'tshuva davar b'at'smo. as we know from many sources. The Raman writes in Hilchus Shuva the same exact situation, the same exact conditions for the avera. I do the mitzvah, that shows tshuva gemurah. So there's no problem with Degonasa sanegar unless, unless the mitzvah and the aveira are not connected. But if what I'm trying to do is tshuva for that aveira, no problem. And the maharal gives a mashal. Second to last line, mashal. let shagana mi base hamela asher And remember, whenever the maharal gives a mashal, Whenever any early achron, especially Risha, gives a mashal, he's obviously, he obviously thinks that it's not illustrated enough unless we have the marshal. So the marshal tells us, Somebody stole something from the king. The special goblet that the king drinks with. He stole a kos. And later on, he wants to get a present from the king. He wants to do something good for the king. So what's he, he's going to try to butter up the king. So what is he going to do? Va'asa He's going to make a replica of the Kli that he stole and give it as a present to the king to try to get on the king's good side so that the king will give him a certain Medina. Is that going to work? The king's going to see this Kli and say, like, Oh, you stole a very similar cup from me. This is going to remind the king of the Avera that the person did. It's not going to help him. It's going to hurt him. V'nei yeh kategar alov. B'v'nei shah melech yizkar lo shehuganav. Shehuganav klino eshalo kidmozeh. That's a problem of ekategar But what if I'm not trying to get another medina from the king? Avalam haya balafaye sachet shehuganav. I'm trying to do chuva for the coast that I stole. V'haya osa klizeh kidmozeh shehuganav. I don't have the klizeh that I stole anymore, so... I make one that looks the same. If I stole a coast and now I'm giving the king a coast because I want to do tshuva for what I did, that's exactly what I should do. And therefore here, beginning of the Avodah of the Mishkan, it's dafka the egel. Oh, I the I want to shed to remember the egel. Because that's what I'm trying to do tshuva for. I worshipped the Egel and now I'm taking the Egel in order to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that's what he ends off. And that's what uh, Rabbi Hartman in the footnotes in Source number two quotes from the Pachad Yitzchak, who has a similar idea, and he quotes, The whole concept of chuva is using what I did Averis with that I use that for mitzvos and therefore it's the opposite because it's not opposite, it's nothing against. It's that when you do tshuva, you use the same items and the same mechanism. Okay, that gets us started. The Maharau in the beginning of the parsha. Moving right along. We get to maybe the one of the tragic moments in the parsha, but also maybe inspiring and messages that we have to learn from this. Of course, the death of Nadav and Avihu, the death of Aaron's Two sons. The beginning of Paragud, the Torah tells us on this wonderful happy day, says the first, the last in. A fire comes down and eats all of the items of the mezveach. They each take their machta. There are so many different opinions in Chazal, what exactly the chet was. And so many opinions in the Rishonim and the Achronim, what exactly the chet was. And it's all based on the different phrases and words that are used in these sukim. When they, take, they place fire and incense. And they gave a strange fire that Hashem did not command. Whatever they did, it was so egregious that it was Chayiv Misa. What exactly was the chait? Many different opinions. This year, we're going to focus on one. One of the opinions that the Gemara tells us in Masechah's Erevin it says the Gemara in Erevin. You have a quote here at the beginning of source number three. Erevin dafsama gimel right side. Tanya lo mesu bnei at Shehoru halacha b'fnei Moshe rabon. bnei Aaron died because they didn't ask Moshe Rabenu what to do. They were mora halacha b'fnei rabo. You want to do something? You want to do this avoda? You want so ask. Don't take the law into your own hands. Even or maybe especially in the world of Avodot Hashem. You want to create a new path to serve God? So ask. Don't, don't do things without asking. Midrosh, v'nasnu b'nei Aaron Akoin eish al ha'mizbeach. Omru, they said to themselves, afal p'isho eisho redes Ashamayim mitzvah Even though fire came down from heaven in the previous Pasuk, it's a mitzvah for us to bring our own, the Talmud echad. Similar. There was a Talmud in front of Rebbe Eliezer. Much later, in the days of the Tanoim. Amr And he was mar halacha. Abelazar just made a comment. He made a comment, maybe under his breath, maybe we found it afterwards, that he didn't know if he was going to live out the year, and he didn't. the Gemara says. And that's what you learn from? Nodavanaviyu. Says Rav Chaim Kedievsky here in the time of the Krah. What's clear from this Pshad of the Gemara and what's clear from the story is that a Rebbe cannot be mochel on his kavod. Mora halacha bifnei rabo. I would have thought that, though based on the Chazal darshan on the first pasuk in Tehillim, uvisorasso yega yomav alayla, the Torah belongs to the Tamar Chacham, not like a Melech. A Melech can't be mochel on his kavod, a Talmud Chacham. Je- but it sounds like for me a Rebbe can't be mochel on his kavod. Doesn't help, because obviously, vaday Mochel or Rabbi Eliezer wasn't a stickler. He would have been Mochel, and yet, he said this like a reality, like a Messias. Says of Chaib but you find this elsewhere too. Gemara and Brachel, Aleph, some are familiar with. It's a story that the Gemara adds in to the beginning of Sefer Shmuel. The Psukim don't have this, but the Gemara adds this in. Matsinu she'eli machal shmuel I'm sorry, this is the opposite, not, not also, but it gives the opposite um, impression. Shmuel Hanavi. Shmuel was only a little boy at that time. He wasn't in the navi yet. Well, he was beginning to be the navi, right? He heard Shmuel Shmuel in the uh, in the Mishkan, but the Gemara says that he was halacha in front of eli and Aili said he was of misa, and Chana begs, "No, this is the boy Alanara says, Paloti, I don't want someone else. I don't want a different boy. I want this boy." And what happened? Shmuel lived. Right? What was the machlokus was about a halacha? Chazit Shmuel to a Mahadri Basar kohen le They were looking for a kohen to do the shechita, and Shmuel says, "I thought a Yisrael could do the shechita." And Eli's like, "You're right, but I have to kill you." So, and Chana davened. So you see from there that he was Mora Halacha, and yet, Nimchal says, Rechaib is just throwing up his hands, It must be that not every case is the same, without explaining, without telling us the clue of what cases can be mocha, what cases cannot be mocha. So the question that Rechaib Shemuel Levitz asks is, in the next source, Okay, we understand why a Rebbe can be mochel in certain cases, but why wouldn't a Rebbe be able to be mochel? In the case of Eili, okay, you understand why mechila could work, but why wouldn't mechila work? Right? Why would we say that? A Rebbe cannot be mochel on his covid? Says the Chayish uh, here in the Sichas musar In Maimar samachal of the New Version, he quotes the Gemara and he asks our question. He doesn't quote the other sources that Rav Kadyevsky had, but he quotes... Not only why is Mechila not allowed, but also why is it that there's a Chayev Misa on this? Even if we want to say that it's, it's serious, but Chayev Misa, Nodav and Aviyu, what major message do we have to take out of the story that Hashem had to teach us on one of the happiest days in the history of the world that tragedy had to strike and Arana, Arana Cohen had to be Vayidom, So what exactly is the message? He shouldn't. So what's the message? Let's turn the page. Says Rav Chayish Malevitz on line 6 He quotes another Gemara earlier also. You have to say that the Halacha of Paschal in front of one's Rebbe to be Morah Halacha... Has nothing to do with a personal slight on the Rebbe, because then it could be mochel. Any Rebbe could be mochel, right? Ne'elavein or olev, and mavra uh, midosav. The, the great Tanom were definitely mavir. It's not about personal honor that is being violated here, but rather he says it's based on a medrash in VaYikra. Go to line twenty-seven. Ama Rebbe Akiva, Nimshalu Yisrael la'of. Bnei Yisrael are compared to a bird. A nation is compared to a bird. Just like a bird cannot fly without wings. So too, bnei Yisrael, what are the wings? Our wings are our, our leaders. Our wings are our Rabbeim. Our wings are our Zakenim. Our Chazal. Our Chachme Yisrael. Those are the wings. That's what helps us fly. Ubiyir advarim nireh explains the sichasmoser. Other nations could survive without, let's call it one word, misora. All other nations could survive without the concept of a halachic transmission, without the halachic concept of a misora. Yisrael, enam, came. she'en Lazos klum below Ziknaim Without leaders, without gadolei hadar, without rebayim, we can't function. she and below Lazos klum below And just like a bird, imagine a bird that can't fly. Sometimes you see a bird on the floor that can't fly. You know how long is that bird going to stay alive? He has wings, maybe for a little bit, for for an hour, for a day, but they're not going to survive. So just like a bird can't survive without wings, cats and dogs don't need wings, but the bird can't survive without wings. So to Am Yisrael, other nations, they could survive without the wings, without the Zekinim. The gadlus that the bird has, the extra that the bird has, is what allows it to exist. And without the mila that it has, right? We might say, what do you mean? So a bird doesn't have wings. It'll be like other animals. No, no, no. It's not going to be like other animals. <speaking in Hebrew> not only did they lose their Milo, <speaking in Hebrew> But they're even worse, just like the bird without wings is garua than a dog or a cat or the others. The says the Sihas moser, now we get back to our problem. You know what mora halacha b'fnei is? It's not a personal affront to the Rebbe. It's denying the concept of misora. It's denying the concept that we are all a link in the chain and the further we are away from Sinai, the further we are away from the source of the Mesorah. From the strength. We are a link. We are a very important link. Every generation is a link. Going from history to destiny. We are, we are a link in the chain. But we have to realize that we are not the first link. And we are connected to our Rebbeim. And when we deny that by saying, Moro Allah, my Rebbe's right here, but I, I say, I, 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 I got this one. I'll do it. No, no, no. That's denial of that concept. And that is the problem. And that is so egregious that on such a public scale, Mishkan, all of Klal Yisrael, there's a Chiyav Misa there. Over Nira, should be kach, line 41. Chomer hu onshel shal hamore halacha bifnei rabbo. kavod bilvad. It's not just a personal kavod harav. Elushu has esmalas hazekenim sheish laklal Yisrael. The maila that he calls Zekenim when we listen they exist the Rav's Hashpah is nullified. We're like the bird who has wings that who don't have wings. The Anar right? The Pasakin, I think, in Yishayo, Elo And that's why it's not even up to the Rav. Right? It's it's on a grander scale. If a Rav gets slighted, if somebody insults somebody, okay, I give be mokh on the insult. But on Mora HaLacha Bifrei Rabba, which means the source of Torah. I'm giving over Torah, but I'm the source of the conduit. I, I, don't, I don't say I'm going through. If my Rebbe's out here, fine. But if my Rebbe's here, then that represented the denial of the concept of Mesorah. And that's what was so egregious. And that is why Nadav and Avihu had to give their lives in this in this context, that's what he says on the next page. Also, It's not pukei bechvodo enirak mak was covered. Rav Keshele Atzmo Elamish pukei koach hashpas harav and it's as if they don't have zakenim v'chachamim vichuld. Okay, that's this year's entry into the chet of Nadav and Avihu, but a couple of sukkim later. We have a line that maybe we should have asked this question in other years as well, but it seems like such an obvious question. Let's ask it. After the fire kills them, Moshe says to Aaron, Who Fayido Maron. Moshe calls to Mishael al says, Take your brothers and then Moshe gives instructions to these mourners. To Aaron and his family. What are they supposed to do? How are they supposed to react? Right? Pretty recently, right, they got the Torah. Right? So they know the halachis of Avelus, Aninus, Vayomer Moshe, El-Aaron, Ula, Elazar, Uli, Isamar, Banav. Moshe says to Aaron and to the remaining sons, Elazar, Isamar, Racheichem, Al-Tifra'u, Uvigdechem, Lo-Sifromu, Lo-Samusu. He says, don't act like Avelim. Not your heads, not your don't cut, don't, uh, don't be paray on your heads, Low lo tefromu v'lo samusu, and the begadim don't tear, v'alkol ha'eda yiksof, v'acheichem kol beis Yisrael yivkos hasreif resh asoraf Hashem. What does Moshe say? Don't act like regular mourners. But he adds in a phrase that we might remember from a different context. Moshe says to Aaron and to the other sons, don't act like mourners, because if you do, yiksof. Hashem's going to get angry at the entire congregation. And let your brothers cry, but you don't cry. V'yalkol ha'eda yiksof. Does that ring a bell to any of us? We've heard that phrase before. We've heard Moshe Rabbeinu use that phrase before. Ask the Tosef bracha. Ask the Torah Tamima. I don't understand. Let's think for a minute to Parshas Korach. Parshas Korach, Moshe Rabbeinu says to HaKadosh Baruch after Hashem says, I'm going to wipe him out. It's not fair. Only certain people sinned. And rhetorically, alkal And you're going to get angry at everybody? And here, it said it's a statement. Here, Moshe says, Aaron, Eleazar, Isamar. He says to them, if you acted appropriately, Hashem's going to get angry at everybody. I don't understand. Is Moshe a believer that Hashem is going to get angry at all for the sin of the few or not? Our parsha it sounds like for the sin of the few, is going to cause a problem for everybody. That's going to cause ketzev, that's going to cause anger on everybody. While by Korach, it was a rhetorical question, chas it can't be. Says the Tosef as bracha, let's see the question. Halashon azeh whom he divrei Moshe kibbetchilas ha-pazak hazeh, it's a stirah. Sometimes you have a stirah in Rashi. So you have a steer in Tostas, You have a steer in Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what you have here. Get angry at everybody. It's not fair. It's impossible. Moshe says in Pasha's Korach that Hashem would get angry at everybody. So how here did Moshe say if you act like mourners and you don't do what you're supposed to do, Hashem's going to get angry at everybody? Why is that fair? What's the difference between the two? Says it's a bracha, a creative shot. The Efsar Lomar, line number five. Mishum, remember the context of this entire avoda and remember how we started off this year tonight. The entire Avodah on this first day, and again especially it works out beautifully according to Rashi, who says, as we know from Sefer Shmos, that the Mishkan was a tikkun for the Chet Egel, and the Torah was not written in chronological order. Trument Tzave really should come after Kisisa. Really, the Chet HaEgel happened first. And then Shurman tzave. Why is it written that way? Kasha. But Rashi says, a Mokta Mumukha So according to that, the Mishkon, this is the Tikkun. So there's no better way for this to act as a Tikkun than on the first day to do something to be machapar for the Chet HaEgel. That's what they're doing. Says Moshe, if you, Aaron, Elazar Isomer, if you mess up today, then that's not just going to be a mess up for you then there's not going to be a kapara for the Chet Egel. And that is going to impact kol ha'eda. This isn't just a personal sin that certain people are doing. This is, a, this is a, a, a kapara that we're trying to achieve. And if we don't get this kapara, it does affect all. It's not like just Korach fighting. Korach argues. What does Korach's argument have to do with most of Kal Yisrael? Nothing. They're not arguing to be the Kohanim. Korach is another 250 men. But this, this is talking about Chei Egel. It's all about Chei Im Egel. Im imyechte kan aron lo yerotsu call maisav be'inyin hakapara maisav ha'egel. Then the whole avod is not going to work. V'yis'orer hadin gamal klal Yisrael l'ragli davrezet. So then the Egel is going to be chozir v'neur and is going to act as a kategor, for Kla Yisrael, and it will affect others. Ki Masha over there, by Korach, it has nothing to do with the rest of Kla Yisrael, and that's why Moshe could ask as a rhetorical question, v'yakala eda t'iksov? It's not fair, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be. Okay, that takes care of the first half of the partial, a couple of thoughts that we had about the egel, about the hate of Nadav and Avihu. Now we move on to Paragid Aleph, which gets us into inyanim of kashrus. Inyanim of kashrus that we mentioned in previous years that we dafka read Shmini right after Pesach. We shouldn't think that only Pesach is about kashrus, that we should make sure everything is kosher on Pesach. Right after Pesach, Parashat we also have to make sure that everything we put into our mouth after Pesach also is of the same high standard that we make sure that we have on Pesach itself. So we have the laws of kashrus. One of the details of laws of kashras, as we know, is for behemos, we have the two signs that are needed for kosher animals. It says the mm-hmm. Torah, The two signs, split hooves, totally split hooves, and ma'alas geira, chewing its cud. osa tohelu. Those you could eat. Let's stop there for a moment before we read the next. It's a story and maybe, a, a thought that people have heard in the context of, uh, of other, uh, other sources, but I saw it here in the Sefer Lasanik Bisanugim in the name of Rebshapta Yudlovitz, who's a grandson of Rebaya Levine, Rebaya Levine's daughter's son, one of the Magidim, he was close to the Rebshwadron, Sh- uh, Reb another Magidim, one of the Magidim of Yushalayim. So he once said the following story, he used the following sukkim that we did not read yet in a conversation that he had with a zoologist on an airplane. Yeshafti pabimatos liyad, zoolog, Professor le He was sitting next to a zoologist on the airplane. I guess zoologists also don't have first class. He knew every animal. He was expert. Expert in every single animal. And it was a long flight. His pickles. Apparently, he told me all about Shifot chayav al tafkito universita Porat mksowa Hazuologia. Right, he's one of the world experts on all the animals. Yeishli dim rabbim shidem kayom professorim gedolim. He had a little bit of a little bit of gai. Khatisa, he yishiv b'matos kashrut. So they served. He was Jewish, and they served meals, and he was eating. He was eating non-kosher, he says, and it was mekuyam, by yiftach Hashem es piha aton. Okay. Achal at kol hamana, he ate everything down to the last crumb. Amarti lo I asked him, ke tzad nevelo How can you eat such nevelo setreifas? Who itragez kzass? Shani mefriya lo He said, what's the problem? Shmana yedidi, ma shem Moshe Rabbeinu amarlo mechayev what was written years ago is not obligatory upon me. Moshe told them, but I never heard it from Moshe. That was 4,000 years ago. Amartiloh, Kaddish Baruch Hu Amartizah, Amar Zos. Kaddish Baruch Hu Professor. Im tochiach, Shachadish Baruch Hu Amar eza Basar Mutur Lachil Vezeloh. Ani, Chozer, Vitshuva Miad. I might be cut off a little bit on top. I'm going to be choser Bitshuva right away if you prove it to me. I said, fine, but if I prove to you, then you have to stop. He says, Rebbe, I one time had a four-hour argument with someone. He wasn't matzliach. Says this Magid, give me four minutes. I don't need four hours. Like, okay, good. Adonia, professor. Do you know what makes an animal kosher? He says, sure. I know what's written in the Torah. The passage we just read. These are the two simanim of a behema to Let me ask you a question. What if there's only one simon? What if there's only one simmon tahar? Chews its cud but does not have split hooves. Has split hooves but does not, does not chew its cud. What's the halacha? See, he said... Chati Tahorah, chati Temeah. Right, maybe he remembers from Yeshiva. chati Ben Chorah and Chhatsi Shivra. Right? So he says, chati chati. I answered, there's no such thing. Choose one. Ain chati chati. It's either Tahor, it's either kosher, or it's not kosher. So he says, Okay, Tov, Kinerehi Temeah. Okay, must be not kosher. I said, You're right. It's not kosher. Amarti. Behimam simen achadi Temeah vasura bachiva. Achshav, listen to me, he says. Moshe Rabbeinu kasa Torah, Ki rak arba mine yishlam rak echad. Moshe Rabbeinu wrote in the Torah that there are four animals that have one simen. They're listed. Gamal, Shafan, Arneves, and Chazir. We're not even going to translate what those are. Let's say we know what a Chazir is, but the other ones. are bilvad rak elu. Right? The first three (laughs) have the um, do not have split hooves, but chew it's cud, and the pig is the opposite. Tell me, was Moshe Rabbeinu a zoologist? Did Moshe Rabbeinu go go to all the amazing schools that you went to and learned about every single animal and knew every animal on the face of the earth? And figured out there was only one simon to four animals and no more. Highmaya lo toar professor Maybe Moshe was at Sayad vikir biyara the kolachayot. No, he grew up in the palace in Egypt. Velobed jungle ba Africa. VmK had a Moshe. No, it must be God told him. It must be that the Torah was divinely written because that's all. That's the only way he could have known. I finished my words, rights, for I looked at my watch, and I'm sorry, but it was five minutes. It wasn't four. I said, I apologize for the extra minute, but there you have it. So if we stop the story now, okay, we would think, what happened? He promised that he's going to do it. What did he say? Rebbe, you got me, you convinced me. Right after I finished my meal, I am not going to eat another thing in my life. And the answer is, obviously, nothing worked. You could be mishukhna, but if you say, I'll start right after this, I guess it didn't work too much. But if he's not convinced, if we need any chizuk for us, we're convinced. We don't need any convincing. But as we read the Torah, every once in a while, we have little hints, proof positives that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wrote the Torah. Remember the one that we like to quote from the Chasam Sofer? Comes up in a couple of months from now. The entire Parshas Balak, the Hasam Sofer says, is a riot to Torah and How in the world do we know what happened between Balak and Bilam? The conversations that took place? How do we know what Bilam wanted to do? Every other Parsha in the Torah had to do with a Jew, had to do with someone who we might have had the Missorah from. Bilam didn't tell us what happened, and Balak didn't tell us what happened. There were no spies in Midian and Moab. We, he went to this mountain, he went to that mountain. He had orachev, uh, he had uh, princes with him. Torah and Hashemayim says Chazam Sofer, that's Parsha's Balak. So we'll just add Parsha Shmini to that. The four animals with one simon, even though the zoologist didn't get it, but uh, but we'll take it. Okay, moving right along to the next thought. Perak Yud Aleph, we get into something that is usually not seemed or deemed to be very exciting but let's try ourselves to make it somewhat exciting. An amazing creative thought that we don't see coming. Let's go. Perak, Yud Aleph, Pasach Lamed beis Lamed Gimel, Lamed dalim. Perak, Yud Aleph, Pasach Lamed beis. We have the halacha, that water makes something tahar. We have the katabah mikvah, which we're all familiar with. What does the Torah tell us? If any kli becomes tame, so how do you make it tahar? Kli-eits, or, sak. What does the Pasuk say? If you have a kli that became tame, a wooden kli, a metal kli, put it in the mikvah, and it becomes tahar. That is what is said in Pasik Lamed base. Water on metal or wood purifies. But, let's go to Tupsukim from now. Generally, we think of water as being a metahir. But in Tupsukim from now, water does exactly the opposite. We have the concept in halacha called hechshir l'kabal tumah. We know there's a masechta in Shas and Seder Tower is called masechas machshirin. Machshirin is all about hechshir l'kabal tumah. What's that about? If I have a food, if I have a fruit or a vegetable that gets detached from the ground... It can only become tame once it gets wet. With one of the seven liquids, we'll talk about water now. Water, says the Pasach. In Pasuk Lama Mikola Ochel Mayim, Yitma. Kli, Yitma. That's pretty amazing. If you think about it, says the Torah, when it comes to an inanimate object, when it comes to a domain, when it comes to metal, or dirt, you made it, you have a kli, not a charis, cannot become tahar. But if you have any other inanimate object, you put it in a mikvah, water makes it tahar. If you have a balchai, if you have a piece of meat, right, if you have a, the, the Gemar Chulin talks about when you shech the nanol, how is it If you have a chai, in order for a chai to become tame, it has to first become wet with water. So it does opposite things for a domain and for a chai. The middle puzzle, like I mentioned before, a fruit or a vegetable, really it depends. Something that grows from the ground, if I make it into a clee, then it might have the rules of a clee. Let's not talk about that now. But we'll talk about the domain and the chai. If we're using the, the pyramid, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let's go back for a second. The pyramid of the kuzari, the four levels of being in the life, we have domain, the inanimate objects, metal and uh, sand. Then we have tsomeach, which we're not going to focus on now, the growers, Chai, animals, Medaber, people. Says the but HaShaltar, on Firer. Let's think about what water does to each of these. Let's start from the bottom. Domeim, what did we just see? Water can make a piece of metal, that was Tameh, can make it tahar. That's Talach, I'm putting something in a mikvah. What about animal food? What about food? Food needs water in order to become Tameh. What happens if food becomes Tameh? There is no way for it to become Tameh. If I have a cookie that became Tameh and I put it in a mikvah, it just gets soggy. That's it. Nothing else happens to it. Food cannot become tahar once it's Tameh. It has to be burned. Truma tameya. If there was a way to make food tahar, it would be great. We wouldn't have to burn truma. But we're stuck. So when we have domain. So then the water makes it tahar. When we have chai, says the Hegyon Torah. let's read the bottom now. Mayim tohorim, where it's underlined, ve'ein mayim Water does nothing to metal to make it more tame. Right? It only makes it tahar. It's the opposite. Water is eggs and meat and it's not them. is split. So we're not going to do that. You do that now. That'll just be a little confusing. But let's think for a minute about people. How does water affect people? Water does not make people a person doesn't have to become wet in order to be I mean a person is born in a liquid. That's true the amniotic sac, but we don't need water to become tame. If we touch a dead Sheretz, we become tame, But water makes us Tahar. So what do we like? The person, says that al Torah, is more similar to the domain, to the inanimate, to the ground and the items that come from the ground than we are to the animals. To the Basar and to the beitzim, where water makes them Tamei and not Tahar. Is there a message behind that halacha? There's, it's details, but let's think about it for a second. What does water do? To the Domeim, makes it Tahar. To the Chai, makes it Tahar. To the Adam, Tahar. Says the Hagyon Torah, line 9, line 8. We can't look at these halachas again in the same way. Aren't we closer to the animals than we are to the dirt? Says that Gionot Torah. That's exactly the point. That's not true. We are closer to the dirt than we are to the animals. After all, where did Adam come from? Adam came, Afar, Minha Adama. We did not come from the animals. There was no development from animals to human beings, unless we think that there's any connection. The halachas of tuma and tara, we have more connection to the domeim than we do to the behemos. Says the Hagiona Shel Torah, line 17. Something very special. <speaking in Hebrew> to be against those that say shall osam those fools Darwinism right we're on a quantitative range quantitative range, going from certain apes and monkeys all the way until it was developed to human beings. Says that Yonash maybe that's what the Torah is teaching us. The Gemarion Erevin talks about how a person could turn into an animal. Lose Selim Elohim. Certain nations in history have been more animal. The Germans were more animal than human. But the opposite direction doesn't happen. Maybe a person could become a Malach, but not lower down. To explain in the world, that's why Dafka we have these halachas. That's why we have them. And then he says, unless you just parenthetically, unless you say, well, didn't the animals also come from the ground? He says, if you look at the math, most animals came from the water, quantitatively, and most came from the water. So that's not a kasha. But either way, direct from the ground. All people direct from the ground. And that's why he even says at the end, another important difference in halacha, there's a major difference between animals and humans in terms of Tumah V'tahara. An animal cannot become tame while it's alive. An animal could only, and if, it, if a dead body touches an animal, the Abiyah the animal is still Tahar. Only a dead animal is mitame and M'Kabotumah. A live animal cannot. A human being... Can become plenty tummy when they're alive. They're also when they're dead. But plenty tummy makabel when we are alive. Again, a major difference. At the bottom, he says. There's no connection. He didn't come from them, and they will never reach. The level of a human. We take a detail of halacha, and we realize that there's so much in all the nitty gritty halachas, even what sometimes we're scared of Tuma Vitara But we always like to mention whenever kachem Taras come up, we have to jump and open up and open our eyes and ears wider not close them and rush through them and hope to get back to a more Lomaisa topic. Because these are topics that we wish were Lomaisa and we have to learn the message of them because the messages of them are always Lomaisa. Okay, one more thought on the Parsha and then two thoughts on the Haftorah. This thought we mentioned six years ago, but I thought I'd uh, just bring it again because it's an important machlok esachronim, just to mention because it's based on one letter in the Parsha. Not even a pusik or a word. One letter in the Parsha. Perek Aleph Towards the end of the parsha, we have talking about the shrutzim. All the shrutzim, the Torah says, all shrotzim You cannot eat them because they are shkatzim. They are creepy crawlies, and you cannot eat them. There are eight shratzim that make you tame Only eight, but there are many. All the shratzim are not kosher. She's not allowed to eat them. The Torah uses the Lashem called Holei Chal Gachon, Anything that goes on its belly. Not such an exciting word? Yes, very exciting. The Vav in Gachon. It's written big in the Torah. The Gevariah Masechah's Kedushin tells us that that Vav in Gachon, if you look in source number 12 on top, that is the middle of the Torah. The middle of the Torah is the Vav in Gachon. That's the middle letter. Asks the Gemara. The Gemara had a Messorah. Why? Not sure. I didn't see anyone who talks about this. Maybe someone does. The Gemara had a misora that there was an even number of letters in the Torah. Because the Gemara asks. It's the middle letter, but is it the first half or the second half? Is it the last letter of the first half of the Torah or the first letter of the second half of the Torah? The Gemara could have just answered there's an odd number of letters in the Torah. But the Gemara had an assumption that there's an even number of letters. Okay. So the Gemara says. So which one? So the Gemara asks. It's not rocket science. Take out a Torah and count. What do you have to? What do you have to guess? Did once say? Manum. Answers the Gemara. Counting's not going to help. Le, inhu bichaseros bichaseros, Famous line. The Gemara says in We are not expert in the extra or missing letters in the Torah. Sometimes it's supposed to be written with a vav, without a vav, with a hey, without a hey. We're not expert in those letters. Even counting, we might be off by one or two. So there's no use in counting, but we know the vav of gachon is halfway. That's the gemara. We would read this gemara, we would think there's no halachic significance to this gemara. But the Shagas Aryeh, one of the greats, a couple hundred years ago, Shagas thinks this Gemara has tremendous relevance. The Shagas Aryeh says in unbelievable Chiddush, the last mitzvah in the Torah, Mitzvah taryag 613, writing a Sefer Torah, says the Shagas we cannot fulfill that mitzvah b'shman Because you can only fulfill the mitzvah if you write a kosher Sefer Torah. The Gemara says here, we can never write a kosher Sefer Torah. We are not expert in the missing or extra letters in the Torah. Adam lo bakim b'chaseiros Says the Shagasaryeh, what can we do? This is another one of those mitzvahs that we have to wait till Mashiach. Says the Menchashinuch, say many of the other achronim, chas v'shalom. First of all, the Menchashinuch doesn't even say this, this problem with it, but an obvious question could be, from the Gemara until the Menchashinuch, nobody ever suggest from the, the Shagasaryeh, Nobody ever suggested this? For the thousand years from the time of the Gemara, the 1100 years, the there was not one Rishon or one Achron that says, like the Shagasarye. The Shagasarye was an amazing figure. But if the Rambam and the Rif and the Rush and the Ramban and the Rashba and the Ritva and the Ran and the Shulchanaruch and the Ramah and all of others in those generations didn't say what he said, that is a great raya by omission that that is not correct. One idea. But the men himself says a second idea. And again, we're not going to read it inside to save time, but the men says, when the Gemara says we're not baki, that does not mean really that we're not baki, Because after all, we know, we learn halacha from every single letter in the Torah. Says the Men in the second column, of course we are Bakian in the letters of, that make a difference in halacha. The only thing the Gemara means is that sometimes there's no difference. Let's say Yaakov is written five times with a vav. Right in Elio is written five times without a vav. Right? Rashi quotes it. The end of Ayikra, I think. So, in the beginning of Malachim Bez, Rashi quotes it. So there, Yaakov, with a vav, without a vav. That doesn't make a difference. It makes a difference if you count up the letters of the Torah. But it doesn't make a difference for halacha. Says the Menchah We might not be bakian in the extra or letters or missing letters, but we are bakian in the extra missing letters that would make a difference in Halacha, and that's all you need to have a kosher Sefer Torah regarding the mitzvah of Ksiva Sefer Torah. And that mitzvah is Chai V'Kayim, and we should never think otherwise. That's the Menchah Feel free to go through with it in Mitzvah taryag, in Mitzvah 613. But now let's get to the two thoughts I wanted to share on the Haftorah. The Haftorah for Barash Shmini we know is the it's a long haftorah first we have the part we'll have one thought on the first path one thought on the second half it. it's really two stories David HaMalach tries to bring the Aron Kodesh back to Yerushalayim it's been in Beit and he starts bringing it and we have the story of Peretz Uzzah Uzzah something mysterious we're not going to go into it right now what happened with Uzzah that's not the focus now that des- deserves a separate year. but Uzzah dies so it's another uh, um, certain amount of time that he, he has to, there's a delay. But finally, the second time, after it's three months in Obed Dome and there's a bracha, we spoke about that last year, that they, all, they had six babies at one time. How they know they had six babies, it was only there for three months. Okay, not for now, we discussed that last year. They have the, they have the parade and they go up to the Yerushalayim and here's the great Pasik. The Ramam quotes this Pasik at the end of Hilchas Lulav when he talks about simcha. David HaMelech is described as dancing with all his might in front of the Aron. the David ker Bachel oz Lefnei Hashem. David, if you want to look it up, it's in Shmuel Beis in Parag Vav, Pasig Yud David dances with all his might Lefnei Hashem. V'david Chager eifod Bud, And then we have the story that Michal, his wife, wasn't too happy about it, which we've discussed in the past as well. Says the Meshachachma, maybe there's something deeper going on here by saying dovin mechar ker oz. says the Meshachachma, put together three gemaras and you have pshad in the pasach. Classic. Question, gemara number one. The word oz, the gemara says in zvachim Kuf Zayn, I gave you all the, foot, the footnotes of Rev Cooperman in 15 who quotes all the gemaras that the Meshachma is referring to. The word oz in gemara kuft refers to Torah. Hashem oz Li o yitain whether all the other nations come to Bilal, Hashem's giving them the Torah, Hashem, Oz the Amoyitin, Oz is Torah. The Gemara in Brachas Davav, Oz is Tfilin. Oz is Tfilin, the Gemara says. U bizroa uzo Number three, the Gemara in Brachas tells us at the beginning of the fifth parak, when somebody wears Tfilin, they are always in control. They are never too lightheaded. Right, that's the story. Again, quoted, he says, one of the Amoram says to the other one, aren't you joking around too much? He says, don't worry, I'm wearing filling." Put those three gemaras together. What's going on here? David HaMelech is dancing with all his might. Lest we think he's going overboard. Lest we think that, oh, he's going to lose it. What does the Pazak say? He's mecharker bechal oz. With all the ozes that are protecting him. The Torah that he's learned... And the tefillin that he wears, those shape David's religious personality. And therefore, there's no worry. One doesn't have to worry, like Michal. Remember the story, David's wife screams at him, Oh, great, you're sweating in front of all the maidservants. David says to her, I'm the king, not your father, remember? Right? And the Medrash talks about what he meant by that. David doesn't care about what everybody else was thinking. But he was in control because he had the ozes that defined who he was. The dovin Mecharker, the Oz. Oz is Tfilin, Oz is Torah, and those define a person. Obviously, Torah defines a person. Where do we see Tfilin defining a person besides that Gemara that we mentioned? So that's a Rambam that some might be familiar with. The Rambam in Source 16 on the next page. The Rambam says, Kedusha's Tfilin, Kedusha Gedolahi. The Kedusha Tfilin is great. Rav Salvechik was fond of saying, Tfilin, your Tfilin, our Tfilin has more Kedusha. Then the tzitz of the Kohen Gadol. The golden tzitz has one sheim Hashem. Our tefillin have many shemos of Hashem. If you walk into a room, they're both on the floor, you pick up your tefillin first before the tzitz. Tefillin has more kedusha, Says the Rambam, calls she tefillin al-rosha shaladam. As long as tefillin are on the head of a person, va'al and on his arm, hu hu'anav, v'yare, ve'eno nimshach b'schok u'b'sicha b'tela, ve'eno Maharib b'machshavos Rose, Mefana libo Ms emes v'tzedek chulu Says the He was Mecharker Bechal Oz. Every O's he had, the Torah O's, he had the Tfilin O's. And that's why he was in control. That's on the first half. Baruch Hashem, David Amalech, makes it back to Yerushalayim. He brings the Auran to Yerushalayim. But now, he needs a house to put it in. He needs a Kodesh Kodashim. So, what happens? He goes to Nasan Anavi, second half of the Haftorah, which, if you're Come from Taman. You're not going to read this part, but most of us aren't from Taman. And What happens? Sorry, I skipped on two psukim. Parag Zion. I I I gave it to you, in source 17. He brings the Aaron to Yerushalayim. And now he's sitting there, Aron It's not right. I have a gorgeous house. And the the aron doesn't. You know, I need to build a house for Hashem. I need to build a base HaMikdash. V'yomer kol Says, anavi, go for it. Build the base Beis HaMikdash. Awesome. Next Pasik. that night. In the middle of the night, Hashem wakes Nasan up and says, go to David and tell him, sorry, he cannot build a Beis HaMikdash. His son could build. I have my reasons. He can't build it. Go right now quickly to tell David he can't build the base on Mekdash. Asks Rashi, the name of Chazal, source 18. Rashi there in Shmuel. Why? Rashi is asking. Why did he have to wake Nassan up in the middle of the night? Wait till the morning. Let him get a good night's sleep. After he david shachr, Hashem will call him. Go to David. No. He told him in the middle of the night. I bet David's already on the phone. I bet he's up all night taking care of things. You said David could build it. You think he's you think he's dilly dallying? You think he's procrastinating? You think that he has an assignment to do? He's going to delay. He's already arranging. He's on three phones. He's already this. He's already that. You better go right now because if you wait till the morning, it's probably going to be all arranged, and you're going to cause him even a greater loss. Because David was a mahir, David was a zariz, and that's what we have to be. We have a plan. We have an idea, we have something that we want to do that we think is a good idea, we should do it then. Do it that day. Don't procrastinate, don't delay. That's what we learn from David Hamelach. And that's what, I don't know too many Rabbi Nachman's, but this is one in the Lakuti Aran in Source 19. Based on a Gemara in Sanhedrin, which he doesn't quote, but the Pazik says in Tehillim, So Rabbi Nachman says, what does that mean? Two parts. The first part is not really for us. First part is Hayom, we call Tishmasu. He says, focus on what you have to do today. Often there are huge, major projects that we have in front of us, right? We're at work, right? There are so many clients. There's 50 clients. I'm like losing myself, one at a time, one at a time. That's all. And then the next one, and then the next one. Hayom, but then the second half, start Hayom, start Hayom in bekalot Tishmo. Don't say tomorrow. Third to last line. <laughs> Hashem wants you to do what you need to do right now. David and Melech knew that. And that's why Hashem told Nasa in the middle of the night, don't wait till the morning, go right now and stop him because he's already doing the job. When we have something to do, we have to do it as soon as we can. Baruch Hashem, we had a haschava, shmini in the post-Pesach world. Hashem, next week will pick up with Hashem Tazriah.